Welcome to the Pro-Life Team Podcast. My name is Jacob Barr, and in this episode, we're sharing footage captured for the Abortion Museum. Okay, so my I have a, a master's degree in educational psychology, and um, I was headhunted out of college where I uh, worked with a, a medical educational company, and I had to become a HIPAA certified professional to maintain that position. So that's how I came into the HIPAA world. I came into the pro-life world um, through my church. Um, they came for a visit, and the Lord was very diligent about sending me to my pregnancy center. Um, while I was there, I actually started when they uh, were launching their STI clinic, and it was a little bit of a uh, uh, some issues that I went to my executive director about. They did not know I was a HIPAA professional. And so I had a talk with them. We made some adjustments and went on our way. And that's when the Lord kind of spoke to me and said, you know, this isn't the only um, place that has this problem. And hence, Learning is Created was born. Jacob, uh, behind the vase or something, can you move it? Oh, is it that white paper? Yeah. It was the coaster that Alan was using. Okay. Um, so this is question number one for our new HIPAA set. What is HIPAA and why does it exist? HIPAA stands for Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act. Um, part of HIPAA has to do with being able to transport your health insurance. So I don't really work in that area. I work in the privacy and security sections of HIPAA. And so HIPAA established um, patient rights under the privacy rule. The security rule requires us to protect our electronic protected health information in certain ways. And then there's also the um, enforcement rule, which outlines how uh, HIPAA is enforced. And there is the breach notification rule that um, explains how we are supposed to notify our patients and or clients when we have a breach of um, their protected health information. Perfect. Thank you for sharing that. Um, this is question number two. What do pregnancy clinics need to know about HIPAA? Well, currently I think there is um, a misunderstanding about HIPAA. Many people think that the only people that are required to comply with HIPAA are those that uh, take in health insurance, and that is not the full truth. Um, so in order to be a HIPAA-covered entity, you have to provide healthcare services, which we do, and then you also have to conduct an electronic transaction. And that's where the misinformation I find um, it, it lies. People think because they don't take the health insurance, they're not doing these electronic transactions. Where there is another part of HIPAA um, under the electronic transaction rule that talks about um, if you do not take claims, basically, if, if your reimbursement is based upon something other than claims, then the electronic transmission includes that of reporting for health care. So many pregnancy centers that do STI testing and they receive those positive results and they need to report those to their local health department, it's mandatory reporting, and they do that electronically, those particular transactions can fall within the electronic transaction, transaction rule. So when I find a pregnancy center that operates in that way, I encourage them to speak to a healthcare attorney in their state and explain to them how they're doing business, share with them that section of the HIPAA rule and find out what that, their state thinks about how they do business.
Thank you for sharing that. It was really good. What does HIPAA compliant look like? HIPAA compliance has many pieces, and I find that this is um, also an area where pregnancy centers um, get a little overwhelmed and are, might be slightly misinformed. So HIPAA compliance has to do with much more than just doing training or we have a privacy policy, so we're HIPAA compliant. HIPAA compliance requires us to do a security risk assessment. It requires us to have security measures in place to protect our electronic protected health information, but it also has a privacy aspect where we have to be able to provide access to uh, the client for their medical records. We have to do training. We have to have physical safeguards in place. So there's many aspects to HIPAA, but it's not undoable. Um, and, and that's one of the reasons I'm here, is to help people understand that this is a doable process and I'm willing to help them. Yeah, did he ask that? I'm sorry. Or what happened? The mic just kind of, oh, did it fall? Yeah, it fell down a little. I'm sorry, oh, did I do it? No. I probably did it, he's just being nice. He's like, stop <laughs> it, Missy. You can't take credit for gravity. <laughs> I'm gonna tell Heather. <laughs> I'm gonna just get one more test and I'm gonna Normal speaking voice. Normal speaking voice. Normal speaking voice. Yeah. That's perfect. Okay. okay. We're good. Go ahead. All right. Sorry. So uh, let's just take two of question three. What does HIPAA compliance look like? So HIPAA compliance um, looks, uh, it's a broad thing. It's not just one piece. And I think this is a place where um, pregnancy centers are overwhelmed and maybe also misinformed. So when we talk about HIPAA compliance, it's more than just doing one thing like, oh, we have policies and procedures or we're doing training. It is a, a system of things that we need to be doing, including security risk assessments. And that would um, show us kind of the security measures that we need to have in place to protect the electronic protected health information. Um, so all of those types of things come from the security rule. We also have things in place from the privacy rule, and these things work in tandem together. Um, for example, the privacy rule establishes patient rights or client rights, if you will. And for example, um, a person has a right to access their medical record. Currently, that standard is, you know, when they make that request to you, you have 30 days to provide them that access. Um, so it, it's many things that come together, and it can seem like it's overwhelming, but it's very doable, and I'm happy to help pregnancy centers become HIPAA compliant. Perfect. So audio's good. What are the biggest misconceptions regarding HIPAA? The greatest misconception that I deal with is the blanket statement that pregnancy centers are not required to comply with HIPAA. That is an absolutely false statement. I mean, false statement. Right now, I serve four categories of pregnancy centers. I have pregnancy centers that are full-blown HIPAA-covered entities. Um, I have pregnancy centers that are required by their state to comply with HIPAA, for example, Texas. Um, even the small little pregnancy center that is only doing pregnancy tests and, and sending their, their girls to the health department. If you live in Texas, if you do business with people in Texas, you are required to comply with HIPAA. Um, I have a third category of pregnancy centers that are um, in a contractual obligation to comply with HIPAA. Um, they might receive funds from the state and if they look at that contract that they have where they receive their funds, they'll find that it, there's a, a, a clause in there that says, and you're HIPAA compliant, right? 
um, or you might be in a BAA agreement, a business associate agreement with a lab who does your, your STI test um, because they are a HIPAA cover, covered entity. And so that's coming back downhill. So right now, the, the biggest misconception is that, oh, we're not required to comply with HIPAA. And that, that's just false. The fourth um, uh, center are, are centers who are not required to comply with HIPAA, but they choose to work above reproach and they still want to be HIPAA compliant. So just, just getting the right information and, and examining what you do um, basically on an individual basis is really the best way to determine if you are required to comply with HIPAA. Makes sense. Thank you for sharing on that. This is question number five. Mm -hmm. Why do you work primarily with pregnancy clinics and their business associates? Um, I think, as I said in one of the first questions, I, I came into this um, ministry through through my church, and um, honestly, I kind of came into it kicking and screaming. It's I'm not, you know, don't take this wrong. I'm not a big fan of kids, or maybe I'm not a big fan of kids' parents. I don't know. I'm very introverted, and um, so it wasn't my first choice. But when I went there and I realized what was going on, um, I actually started advocating in the STI clinic that that they launched. And, um, you know, I, I just really see what Jesus does in that counseling room, and it's beautiful. And I want to protect that, and that's why I do what I do. Well, plus, the Lord said to, so it's got to be obedient, you know. Got to be obedient. That's good. How are we doing on time? It's one thirty-six. This is going to be a short interview, I think. Uh, any follow-up questions, John? Or... Um, See, um, possibly how well prepared does she generally find clinics are, or how? Um, we could ask about the history of HIPAA. No, we're not talking about the history. It's oh. long. It's okay. long. Okay. It's long. Please. <laughs> no, time for that. no, it's or just long. It's well, it's not. How about important. some of the some of the um, um, biggest. Um, scariest uh, HIPAA disasters that, that um, she's encountered or knows of. Because um, there are people out there who are like, I don't know what HIPAA is, it's not a big deal. This sounds like bureaucracy to me and they don't think it really matters. But then they hear the story of, this is why we have HIPAA uh, because, you know. Maybe it's like examples of where HIPAA has been really helpful examples or, of of or where HIPAA could have prevented. And then I want to. We should. Again. We should add to the question about a HIPAA misconception. Okay. We should add to that question. So I you have. answered one misconception, right? Yes. So yeah. So please tell me a second. Um, this would be question number four. So tell me a tell me a second or third misconception um, regarding HIPAA. Is that HIPAA does not allow you to share information? That is false. HIPAA is specifically built to help us share information in a way that protects our client at the highest level. So for example, we are allowed to share to share um, information for treatment, payment, and operations. And what that means is if you get a request, you have a client come in, she has a positive pregnancy test, you do the ultrasound, everything's looking good, and she goes off to an OB doctor, and that OB wants those those uh, positive results and that ultrasound and they send over to you a form that's signed by your client that says, you know, please send us this information. Um, you can send that information to that doctor. 
you should send that information to that doctor. So um, it's important that we understand that HIPAA does not tie our hands in sharing information. It just gives us the proper avenues and how we should be sharing that information in a way that protects that information for the client and for the, the treatment of that client. Is there a third misconception that you that you that comes to mind? Mm, not off the top of my head. I'm sorry. That's fine. I'm trying to think of some some examples that she knows of where where people didn't follow HIPAA and ended up getting sued or their their clinic got closed or. Um, so currently, right sued. right now, the OCR does not come into um, pregnancy centers. That's not to say that that's not going to happen. But currently, that is not the case. But there are some laws on the books that, um, well, they're not laws. They're, they're a bill becomes a law. You know, they're kind of they're acts is what they are, and they're trying to get passed. So there's three specifically. Um, one of them will pass, and so if you are not a HIPAA covered entity, you will be, you will become a covered enti entity under one of these other three laws, and they will be enforced, and they have. Um, the exact same kind of security rule that HIPAA has because the security rule is built upon um, security measures that don't change from one industry to the next. Security is security for data anyway. Um, and so it's, it's important that pregnancy centers who are not uh, HIPAA-covered entities understand that it's just a matter of time before um, we are going to be actively sought after in this way. And there are pregnancy centers that could be actively sought after in this way. And I feel like if pro-choice people knew that we could be sought after in this way, that that attack would be much greater. So I'll probably have to, yeah, this may not be the best one for the museum. <laughs> we don't want to give them, but I guess that well, the ammunition exists though, it's true. That's one of the reasons I don't do a lot of talking outside of yeah. this arena because I don't want to give pro-choice people any ammunition. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I'm very careful about what I say. Yeah. Well, you are. You want to get a water for her? <laughs> uh, oh, perfect. Am I thirsty? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> Am I thirsty? Thank you, dear. Only Appreciate you. <laughs> State from Sam's. Left. State from Sam's. It's kind of it's what I have at my health, my mental health center. Is this one? Uh, when we're done with it, if you can put it behind the vase, so we can. Mm -hmm. I don't think more questions actually, though. Unless we have another one. That might. Well, well, I was. I'm still. He's like, wanting a, a situation. Yeah, if, if there are situations like like for a person who is on the outside, they're just an idea person. They they don't get details and and the lingo. Like you mentioned, a, a, an acronym that I didn't know what it meant. Um, Treatment, payment, and operations, OCR right? Was that it? OCR. Oh, oh, Office of Civil OCR? Office of Civil Rights. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, oh, they are the enforcer of HIPAA, Office of Civil okay. Rights. I was thinking optical percussion. Right, no, <laughs> no, but I, I get you, I, I'm with you, but no, in my yeah. world it's something so, else. So maybe like pretend you're not talking to, to people who run pregnancy care clinics, um, but they might one day, and the, or they are a pastor who has influence in a care clinic, and they, they want to be helpful, but they, they don't necessarily know the lingo or understand the abstractions, but they, they can see what cases look like, and they can understand how people's lives are affected um, with, with a breach of HIPAA policy. Okay, I, I, 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I can talk to that on two points. Do, is there a question you need or just talk? Um, if, you would, if you could form a question and then answer it. That would... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I'm going to do all the work. Doing their job. Right. I'm doing my job. I'm going to do so your job. You're 15 minutes out. No, you said 30 so We have 15 minutes. more minutes. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, I think what you're looking for is how does a, a breach impact an individual on, on, on a personal level? And so I, I want to talk about that from the business side and then from, from the personal side. Um, we'll start with the personal side. Um, so when you have a breach of information, that information is frequently sold on the dark web, the black web, I don't know what you call it, but it's sold somewhere. And it's very valuable information because protected health information is static. It doesn't, it doesn't change, right? It's my health information. Um, and on top of that, it can be used for multiple types of fraud. Um, so one case in point is uh, a lady got a phone call from the hospital saying that her baby had tested positive for methamphetamines. And she's like, what? And she got drug into court. She hadn't had a baby. Her, her baby was almost nine years old. And so it really impacted her in a way where she had to go to court. She had to prove that this wasn't her baby. She had to have um, genetic testing to prove that that wasn't her child because somebody had went to the, the hospital. They had stolen her identity through a breach, through a HIPAA breach, and they went into the hospital and had a baby that was um, a, a drug-addicted baby. And, um, they, they, and they left it there. And so they were trying to, to find out who she is and what was going on. And it, and it was a, a big ordeal for her, um, both emotionally and spiritually, as you could understand. Um, from a business side, uh, a breach is very expensive, um, depending upon uh, the number of breaches, the type of breaches, um, your level of culpability, which is why I talk a lot about doing um, your security risk assessments and doing training, um, having policies and procedures that are um, reflective of how you do business because it is important when the OCR, the Office of Civil Rights, were to come in, they are the enforcers of HIPAA, if they were to come in and, and they can see, oh, you haven't done a security risk assessment, your policies and procedures haven't been updated in, you know, three years, or um, you don't have active business associate agreements, so you haven't done training, all of these things raise your level of culpability and will increase the fines that they would place on you as well as place you under a very strict, um, what do they call it, um, a, a corrective action plan is what it's called. And so it's important that from a business side, we're being compliant and operating in a way that is above reproach, um, not just because of the fines, but um, because it's, it's what God calls us to do. But in regards to, um, in 2020, President Trump amended the High Tech Act, which is part of HIPAA, um, that Obama introduced into HIPAA, and it has to do with our technology and our use of it. Um, he amended that so that if we do have a breach in the OCR Office of Civil Rights were to come in, they have to consider what we have been doing, and that lowers our level of culpability and therefore saves us a lot of money in the long run. Um, I have a question. How would you say, how does HIPAA interact with legal and medical spaces when it comes to like following laws and helping medical professionals 
we've been interviewing people that are in the legal space, in the medical space, and it feels like HIPAA is in this. Both spaces. In both spaces. Yeah. So can you speak to how, how HIPAA is connected to me the medical area and the legal or law side of things? Well, HIPAA itself is composed of several laws. You know, as we were discussing earlier, it has the privacy rule, the security rule, the breach notification rule, and um, the enforcement rule. There's also a transactions rule. And there's some other ones that I don't necessarily deal with. Um, so HIPAA is composed of all of these laws. And so the laws are meant to give us an avenue of how to do what we do medically. So as a nurse or a doctor in a hospital or a pregnancy care center, it helps guide us in a safe avenue of protecting our clients and providing them the highest level of care and being able to coordinate care with other providers. Bye. 